This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. What do you think the primary mission of a public transit agency is? I think most people would say it is to provide public mobility, whether it's on buses, trains, or microtransit. But did you know public transit agencies are working in a lot of other areas too, whether it's education, whether it is land use, and also now they are working with vulnerable populations who are in the transit vehicles and transit stations. In Philadelphia, SEPTA, the transit agency there, has a program called the SCOPE program. That stands for Safety, Cleaning, Ownership, Partnership, and Engagement. The leader of the program is a very engaging man himself, and his name is Ken Divers. He's the director of outreach programs. I sat down with him at the recent Impact Conference to talk about their program, along with Flora Castillo, former APTA chair with a long history in transit and healthcare, who's helping to consult on this SCOPE program. They talked to me about how they're working with vulnerable populations in and around the SEPTA transit system in Philadelphia, what some of the results have been, and where they're headed with the program. I think you'll find it a fascinating conversation. Hope you enjoy it on this episode of Transit Unplugged. Well, we are in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and who would know that I would meet a neighbor of mine, basically, (laughs) Kenneth Divers, uh, who works at SEPTA in Philadelphia. And I wanted to bring you some very good, interesting information about a program he runs. Ken, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Paul. It's great to meet you. I've been heard heard about you so often, and uh, it was always my dream in the industry to meet the Paul Comfort. So this is great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I love the work you all are doing at SEPTA under Leslie uh, there as your CEO. Um, Just phenomenal work. Yes, yes. Leslie is a phenomenal leader. Without um, her leadership, none of this that we're doing right now innovatively would have been possible for us. That's great. So kind of interesting story. We're going to talk about um, the homeless program that you operate there, the outreach program that helps uh, unhoused people and other Mm -hmm. folks. Um, But we're at breakfast now. We were, we were going to go to this conference, Impact uh, right. Conference here, to their breakfast, but they moved it up an hour. And Ken and I were talking on the elevator, and I said, dude, let's just record this right now. We were going to do it uh, over yep. the phone later, but this worked out great. Great. Terrific. So, Ken, give me uh, up front a little bit about the program that you operate right now at SEPTA, which is the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority in Philadelphia. I think it's the fourth or fifth largest transit system in America. It, about the fifth or sixth. It yeah, kind okay. of vacillates. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It kind of vacillates. So back in, uh, I've been at SEPTA for about uh, 29 years this past August. So I started in 94, believe it or not, as a bus driver. And um, I did, I drove the bus for about uh, tw- uh, nine, uh, 17 years. Did that for about 17 years. I got promoted to an assistant, director, excuse me, a transportation manager. Okay. I did that for a number of years, which was really where I built the Ken Divers brand. Um, things that I was involved in, you know, world stage events such as Eagles when we won the championship, the uh, Marion Golf Tournament. But as a result of that and the work that I put, involved, put in place, I got promoted to an assistant director, what we call the chief on the street. I managed okay. over 80 supervisors and also the operators. So did that, got promoted in 2021. Uh, I believe that was February the 7th of 2021, February the 27th. My COO, Scott Sauer, pulled me uh, to find a solution to this humanitarian crisis that found its way in our system. Now, this crisis of homelessness or the vulnerable population did not start in 2021. As you know, it kind of preceded that. But the pandemic exasperated the issue like it does with most companies. 
So when I brought on uh, uh, Flora Castillo, very, very wonderful uh, woman in the industry, uh, she reached out to me and said, Ken, I see what you're doing. Let's get together. Let's talk about how we're going to solve this. And she and I, in a weekend, developed what we call the SCOPE program. SCOPE is an acronym which stands for Safety, Cleaning, Ownership, Partnership, and Engagement. And that is a comprehensive plan to address the social ills that found its way on the transportation company. Now, let me just say this on the onset. My job at SEPTA, SEPTA's job is not to house the homeless. That is not what our core competencies are. Our core competencies, as you know, is to move people. However, we have to rethink our business model. And one of the ways to do that, for is to find a solution or find a, a framework that we can bring in social workers or what I call certified peer specialists, those people who have lived experience, who were once members of the vulnerable community. And just for the audience's sake, many people ask, why do we call them the vulnerable community instead of the homeless? Because the vulnerable community, they have members who are suffering from sexual abuse, elder abuse, mental health abuse uh, or, or, or suffrage. We have people in that community who are young adults. And then we also have members of that community who are homeless. And that's why we call them the vulnerable community. Gotcha. So a part of the vulnerable community, what we do is, is I bring on, uh, I think back then in 2021, we uh, contracted with three outreach firms. And uh, the RFP was written as such that when these individuals or these certified peer specialists or MSWs, BSWs, and for those who don't know, MSWs, Masters of Social Work, BSW, Bachelors of Social Work, Yes, most of these outreach workers are credentialed. A lot of them are, but most of them are not. They're what we call certified peer specialists. And again, as I said before, these are people who have lived experience who came out of that, that community. Now, I myself was a member of the vulnerable community. I used to live in an abandoned building when I was in my early 20s for quite a while. Uh, my little brother currently is still out there. Matter of fact, my outreach members that I hire probably have engaged my family members, my yeah. little brother, my little sister who's out there, my older brother before he passed, my nephew, my uncles. So this is very near and dear to my heart, Paul. Yeah. So what we do is with our outreach teams, my outreach team, we go and we engage this vulnerable community and we leave them off the system. We offer them services, a wealth of services, housing, mental health treatment facilities. I mean, I can go on and on down the line. Now, what we do differently, what's unique with us, with, with SEPTA in Philadelphia, is when an individual refuses service, the love, the care, the compassion that we show them and that we offer them, when they refuse service, what my team does, we gently ask them to leave the system. We do not tell them, we do not kick them off. We gently ask them if you can leave the system. And believe it or not, we have a 70% success rate, 70%. Now, I know we only have a few moments, so I don't, I don't have to, I, I can't get into everything that we're doing under the SCOPE program, but just some highlight features. Yeah, let's talk about, unpack it. Yeah. So the folks who listen can may, maybe yeah. uh, mirror some of these that are successful. Yeah. yeah, so one of the things that we did, we knew very earlier on that partnership is so crucial, hence the P in SCOPE. Again, safety, cleaning, ownership, partnership and engagement. But let's just kind of back up a little bit with the ownership piece. Okay. Many believe that transit companies should own the problem and employ and deploy increased levels of enforcement to address this humanitarian crisis. Well, number one, transit companies have owned the problem. We have, in, in some cases, have employed and deployed increased levels of enforcement. I know we have. However, enforcement cannot solve the issue. 
And SEPTA, transit companies, cannot do this on its own. And that's why what we do, we advocate with our state legislator in Pennsylvania, our city council, our mayor's office, our managing director's office, et cetera, to take ownership of this public health crisis that found its way on this public transit system. And as a result of that, we were able to build a robust network of partners within our service area. SEPTA is in five counties. We're in three states. We service over 2,200 service miles. So we were able to build a robust network of partners, including universities such as Drexel University, where we have, this is our third cohort, the third year doing this, we have 17 first-year medical students doing their six-month practicum on our system. That's awesome. And we call them health navigators. Now, these first-year medical students, they are regaled in a a vest that's emblazoned with the trappings of SEPTA and their logo, uh, and we call them health navigators. And these medical students, they go onto our property, at our stations, on our trains, to engage the vulnerable community, to lead them off the system and in the places where they could get help. And it's been successful. This is our third year doing it. We also have a relationship with another university, Cabrini University, and um, they gave us their health and exercise science students. And because of these partnerships, we were, we were contacted by Newman University. We were contacted by LaSalle University because they want to get into the free as well. But these are some unique partnerships, but not to be outdone. We even had a company called Northeast Treatment Center, AKA NET. They actually read about what we were doing and wanted to be a part of the solution. They knocked on our door and said, Ken, we believe what SEPTA is doing to address this crisis. How can we help? Okay, so you've got all these volunteers and then you've got some paid staff, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get real down to earth practical. Yep. Yep. So I'm sitting on a bus. I'm a vulnerable person. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any other place to go. Absolutely. It's warm on the bus, so mm-hmm. I want to sit on there. Yep. Uh, one of your folks addresses, comes to me. What happens then? Yes, great question. So we, uh, actually, it's two. We, we work in pairs of two, oh, and, that's we're not, and, we are, and we are not tethered by police. We okay. do have our own police force, SEPTA police. My outreach team is not tethered by SEPTA police they because— They're not connected. Like, they're, they're not they connected. Sometimes the cop go out with them. Yes, and that's exactly. called a—as you know, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that's called a co-responder model. That's right, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, when you have a police officer with an outreach worker, I'm not a big fan of the co-responder model, okay. and I'm going to tell you why. Because as those co-responder models are ambulatory, in other words, instead of being static at a station, a hotspot location, they're ambulatory. They move around to the system. It's very difficult to measure their success. Okay. So now, your guys are on the buses. My, well, we're not on the buses because, believe it or not, we don't in Philadelphia, we don't have a major issue with our buses. Oh. We have them on our stations with our subway, okay. our elevated, our our trolley stations. That's where the issues are. They're, so Okay, so now I'm sitting at a station. You're sitting at a station. <laughs> like so, I've been there for three hours. Exactly. All right, so then so, what happens? Great question. Okay. So my team works in pairs of two. They go into the station. They may see 10 people experiencing homelessness okay. or 10 vulnerable individuals at that station. Right. My team go and they say, hey, guys, my name is Ken. This is Paul. We're from SEPTA Outreach. We're here to help you. Anything you need, we're going to offer that to you. Okay. Uh, housing, mental health, I'm et cetera. I'm hungry. And I'm Absolutely. cold. That's, okay, that's my thank you. I'm hungry Absolutely. and I'm cold, so what are you going to say to me? Oh, come with me. Okay. We will take you and we would do what we call a warm handoff to one of our other service providers that would take you off the system and get you in that place of respite where you can get help. Here's the interesting thing. 99% of those people that we've experienced says no. 
They just do not want service. They don't want to go? They do not want service, Paul. Okay. This is a hard reality to me. Wow. When I started this in 2021, yeah. I did not realize that that 99% of the individuals that we experience experiencing homelessness or vulnerable community, they just do not want service. Okay, and, so you come to me and you offer me, come yep. with us, we're going to get yep. you some blankets, we'll get mm-hmm. you a place to stay and some food. Yep. And I say, no, 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 I don't want yes. that. So then what happens? What happens is, my team says, we understand you don't want service. My name is Ken. Here's our card. Reach out to me if you need me. By the way, do us a favor. Do you mind, you know, SEPTA is not meant for human habitation. Do you mind stepping off the property? We don't kick people off. We don't push people off our property. We guide them off the property. Okay. Believe it or not, Paul, um, and this is non-enforcement. It's non-enforcement. But believe it or not, 70% of those individuals actually get up and leave. You know why? because we treat them with dignity and with respect. Now, so 70% of those individuals actually leave the system without being coerced or forced or anything. Now, to put that into perspective, last year, our outreach team, we had over 44,000 removals off the system, 44,000. And Sometimes those who were experiencing violent tendencies, we had to call up the police. Okay. Except the police had to come and address those issues and remove those individuals who were showing violent tendencies. But our team, without the aid of SEPTA police, Paul, we had about, I think it was about 38,000 removals without the aid of SEPTA police. Gotcha. So let's let's uh, break out a little bit into the services that are offered. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we just went through... Uh, a potential story that you would say come. All right, so tell us about the, your partners. Yes, uh, we partnered with uh, the Philadelphia Office of Homeless Services, Philadelphia's Department of Behavioral Health and Intellectual Disability Services. We partnered with uh, a lot of the serve homeless service providers within the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding counties, such as Gardenza House, UOA Home. There's so many partners that we can't even get on this for a minute. Yeah. Podcast, but it's so many partners that we partner with. In fact, SEPTA actually have access to Philadelphia Office of Homeless Services HMIS system, and HMIS is a homeless management information system. Most transit companies have access, may have access to that via their outreach firm that they hire. However, not so with us. Our outreach firm had access to the HMIS system through SEPTA, through us, which is very unique. Interesting. Very unique. And why is that important? Because we can easily manage those folks that my outreach team engages and better give them what they need to see where they where they were. Where were you last week in the system? We can better identify those things. So that's why it was very crucial. Flora and I dealt with the uh, homeless management information system for quite some time trying to advocate to get that on board and we were able to successfully do that. Not to be outdone, Paul, we've also purchased 500 emergency shelter beds from the Office of Homeless Services so that any individuals that our outreach team engages, we have places actually for them to go. Now, mind you, this is temporary. It is an emergency shelter bed. It's not a long-term housing. We are working very aggressively to get long-term housing, work with our partners. But I want to say this, and as we wind down, Paul, SEPTA, we do not measure our success by how many folks we get into housing. We measure our success by how many individuals we get off the system. Our secondary benefit is to get those person housing. But my mantra that I always say, I shared this with you the other day, our goal is to make homelessness on SEPTA rare, brief, and non-recurring while creating an environment that is clean and safe for our employees first and then for our riders in that order. 
very great partnerships you've got going there. Now, um, you just won an award last year for all this, right? At APTA for your program, Scope? We did, yes. We won uh, APTA's 2022 Innovation Award uh, last year. We accepted that award in Seattle. That's awesome, man. And if people want to know more about this so they can you know, check it out, where can they look? Sure. Uh, they can go on our SEPTA's website, SEPTA.org, and under there, there's a tab. You click on Safety, and then you'll see uh, Scope Program. In the Scope Program, you'll see a wealth of information for me. My contact information is there, kdivers at SEPTA.org. Um, you can also call me at 215-580-8105. I think that's a first. I don't think in 265 episodes, anybody's ever given their phone number. <laughs> so that's great, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, no worries. Ken, this is a, an amazing program, and it sounds like you're having great success with it. Yes, we are. We have a lot of work to do, Paul. I would never say scope is the panacea, yeah. but it is a framework that we can build and pivot where necessary. So we do have a lot of work to do, but the needle is moving in the right direction. That's great. And we've been joined here breakfast now by uh, a big name in the industry, Ms. Flora Castillo, who kind of helped put this together. Hey, Flora. Good morning, Paul. You know, I've wanted to get you on this podcast for years. So look, I I roped you in this morning. (laughs) I know you have. So pleased to be here with you. And obviously, uh, Ken has done such a great job uh, at SEPTA with uh, the implementation and then uh, pretty much the design implementation of the program. Uh, We were just, uh, you know, as a consultant on the project with him, we're just so impressed by the leadership of our general manager, Leslie Richards, who, you know, told Ken and I to just be as innovative as possible, tried anything, because um, she did see this as a business imperative to be able to ensure that the system was safe and that the employees felt uh, safe coming to work so that our riders could come back to work. So um, I would say, um, as someone that's been um, very passionate about the intersection of homelessness and transit and healthcare, I was pleased to help develop a holistic approach that not only shows our um, riders and our uh, partners what we're doing, but also engages them in and activates them to do and support us because we cannot do this alone. We need partners, we need the housing players, we need the mental health providers, we need the elected officials who control policy, and uh, we need our employees and, you know, anyone who, um, you know, needs to support this effort. So it sounds like you guys have done that, though. You've partnered with a lot of people. This is an industry that, I mean, this is an issue that's affecting more than just SEPTA. It's affecting everyone. You have a great perspective on the industry as a whole. What's your thoughts on that? Indeed, Paul, this is an issue that was with us before the pandemic, but um, post-COVID, obviously, has continued to exacerbate because there's just so many issues that um, have created this condition. Lack of affordable housing, uh, lack of good-paying jobs, um, the uh, issues around accessing uh, treatment beds for individuals who are having a substance use um, disorder, In our industry, um, what I've noticed over the years is that we have really started to own the issue in terms of using the power of transit as a convener, as an educator, as a um, community stakeholder to bring the parties together, to build the bridges. Anywhere you go, um, LA Metro, under the leadership of Stephanie Wiggins, is doing a great job in thinking about multiple innovations. You know, CTA in Chicago under the, you know, Dover Carter are trying new innovative ways of partnering. You have small systems uh, in Orlando where we were just doing opt-out where 
the new uh, executive director is is looking at ways to to uh, approach this because not only does it affect uh, riders, but it affects um, tourism. It affects how people uh, show up in in the downtown. So I would say that as someone that um, loves this industry and sees um, the innovate the ways that we need to approach it, I'm very pleased on how in the progress that we're making. And it's not our issue; it's a societal issue. And uh, we're making a dent in terms of breaking those silos and bringing all the, you know, all the people together. The last thing I would say, Paul, is that I'm very happy that um, you know, the Biden-Harris uh, administration has created the All Inside initiative under the auspices of the Interagency uh, Coordinating Council on Homelessness, where they have identified six cities, plus the whole state of California, to provide technical assistance uh, that cuts across housing. So if you think about FUD, they send money uh, for the emergency shelters and others, um, health and human services, uh, mental health. So we heard just yesterday they are making some significant um, uh, changes and in, in impact by just changing small things that are breaking silos amongst all these different providers that get in the way for uh, people getting uh, housing ultimately. And then you know, to a path of independence. That's great. Well, thank you both for the work you're doing at SEPTA, and thank you for sharing that today with our audience here on Transit Unplugged. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Hi, this is Tris Hussey, editor of the Transit Unplugged podcast, and thank you for listening to this week's episode with our special guests, Ken Divers and Flora Castillo. Now, coming up next week on the show, we have Adam Barth, CEO of the Stanislaus Regional Transit Authority, talking about consolidating two agencies into one and the advice he got from an early mentor that makes him a better CEO today. Hey, did you know Transit Unplugged has a really great new newsletter? Sure do. All you have to do is visit transitunplugged.com, subscribe, and you'll get updates every week on everything going on with the show, the TV show, and have a chance to catch up on episodes you might have missed. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us anytime at info at transitunplugged.com. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.